Let's cut through the mainstream financial advice out there. This is your quick financial tip from your rich uncle. Um, but just a different concept, right? Like if you've been think you've been kind of beat to death by the 1031 guy or the salesman selling it, you know, you probably think it's the best thing. It's one alternative. And to me, um, a lot of these, what I try and do, and I try things, make, make things very simple, especially for the people in our ecosystem, right? Like there's so many things out there financially, but for high net worth, high paid professional, professional investors, passive investors, things are very simple. And when it comes to de- deferring taxes, you know, other than, you know, the section 121, where you only have $500,000 in your primary residence and opportunity zones, which is something very different to cover maybe in another video. But the only other options you have is deferring it, right? And a 1031 is just one way you're deferring your taxes, whereas doing it this kind of chopped up method into diversified many deals with bonus depreciation is so much more of a superior strategy. Um, 1031 is just a tool, right? And as all tools, you only use the tools in the right situation. In my opinion, my humble opinion, because apparently I'm not a financial planner, right? I can't sell you garbage commission products like they can. Um, a t- 1031 exchange is used in certain situations where you have a highly, highly appreciated asset. You know, so for example, like say a, a guy has a business that he started like a dentist franchise for 50 grand and, you know, 30 years later, it's now worth $10 million. And you, now you're looking at a $10 million capital gain. That you may 1031 into something like kind, but in that in that situation, it may probably consider more of a monetized installment. So, which is more superior to 1031 exchange, but either way, like before you got to that point, you should have took the money out and invested in syndication deals, started to compile your 8582 form padded with passive losses. So when this fateful day comes, and it does always come, um, you have these passive losses to as a as kind of like a pillow to sell the asset and offset that. And, and then if you come short, maybe there's some other advanced strategies like land conservation easements, uh, oil and gas deals, uh, what's another op- combo with opportunity zone and your rep status? Um, you know, that's, there's a myriad of different ways. And at that point, if it's that huge of a uh, capital gain of over a million dollars, two million dollars, then yeah, maybe you need to do a, a myriad of different things. But if you're an average investor and you bought a rental property for a hundred grand and it went up by a few hundred thousand dollars capital gain, dude, that's not that much capital gain. You should be able to invest you know, several hundred thousand dollars or at least, you know, refinance and get that money out and invest it. And then you should get, you should be able to pick up, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars, at least a passive loss is pretty dang easily. Um, if you don't know how to do that, you need to get around other passive investors that are accredited and figure out how to do it because this is, I mean, taxes are your number one expense in life. Lane is not a lawyer CPA, but the dude did quit his engineering job and now owns thousands of rental properties. Learn more about the secrets of the wealthy. Join our community at thewealthelevator.com slash club. And if you're looking for a longer form podcast, also subscribe to the Wealth Elevator podcast.